Hey everybody, welcome to It's Just Bodybuilding, episode 80. Dusty Hanshaw, myself, Big Ron Partlow. And we have a guest on today's show. We're going that route. We got Zane Watson, IFBB Pro. Can't wait to chat to him on It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty, are you done eating chips? You know, I'm not done, but I have to stop because people get so irritated, and they'll be really irritated if I eat chips. So I'm just going to drink some wine out of this <laughs> cup here and pretend it's not wine, and we'll be good to go. We should do just once. We should do a booze episode. I don't disagree with that. I've, I I joined a wine club where they text me every day with a different bottle, and you just tell them how many you want, and they send them to your house. It's fucking amazing how much wine do you actually drink i don't drink nearly as much as i've been buying lately to be honest with you but i just i was like oh that sounds good i'll take like it's the easiest way to waste my money i'm like oh, i'll take three of those fuck it so i don't know someday Damn. it'll it'll and if i don't like one i'm like oh I'll just give it to someone who's classier than me they'll probably like it because i don't like the fancy it's, shit it's it's nice to take a bottle of wine whenever you go to someone's house so you're always I know how terribly social you are and how often yeah, you go so to other people's houses. Both times per decade that I go to someone's house. You will have wine on hand to... I'll to, bring five. I'm like, I don't know what to do with all this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think we had a bottle of wine that we opened for some reason, and then the other half of it sat until it went bad. We had to throw it out. So that's that's alcohol in our house. See? Yeah. I got a little thing, actually, that goes on the top. It keeps it good for up to three months, but right, right. it never lasts that long. Anyways, no. I digress. Let's get back to body before I get in trouble. So, so remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell, you know, graphic, all that stuff. Help us out with that stuff. We love you. We appreciate it. Um, it's Everything's been going great. We just, you know, we're so happy we even have listeners, Dusty. I know. It's shocking. And, and at 80 episodes, we still have somebody that wants to come on. I have to compliment you. I like your attire. You have a JP shirt, very slick. Thank you. It's lilac. It's a right? for me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And um, and you got the West Coast Iron Hat. So I got the original. Yeah, you got the talking. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I I'm gonna have a new hat for you soon. So nice. I have four. Hang tight. I know you're doing okay. You're doing okay. Yeah. You still you you have enough West Coast Iron Hats that you probably still have a clean one that's for dress up. That's the gray one. There we go. See? I knew it. See, you knew. Everyone's got that one. I'm like, oh, I'm going to a wedding. I better put on the gray one. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't train in the gray one. For, I think I've only trained in it a couple times, you know? Yeah. The other, the, the black one with the stitching that's lifted, that's for funerals. Anyways. Oh, okay. <laughs> black. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes. Let's let's bring on Zane. Let's bring uh, Zane Watson, IPB Pro, Olympia competitor, Arnold competitor, Canadian champion, Shredded as fuck. Okay, let's do it. Shredded. I added that part. Yes. That handsome mug. Bam! Zane Watson. Hey, can you see me? Bodybuilding. Oh yeah, you're good to go, man. I love you your can't. your black black background with the bright hoodie. You can see me, eh? You look like yes. a million bucks. Nice. Good to have you on the show, man. Everything's good. Yeah, not too bad. Pretty good. Just, we, do you guys have a holiday? Yes, family day out here. What is it for yes. Dusty? Isn't it President's Day or something? 
Yeah, we used to have one of those, but anyways, <clears throat> now it's just an extra day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, everyone's got a holiday today. What's uh, what's going on out there, man? You're you're in Ontario, obviously. Tell everybody where where you're at and and your situation at the moment. Yeah, I'm I'm just outside of Toronto. We just came off a lockdown. I think it's tomorrow. We come out of the lockdown. It's going to go back to like a red zone or what they call it, which means the gyms will open. My gym here will open. I think you can have like 10 people or something. I'm not sure. It's all bullshit. Right, right, right. So Dusty and I have brought you up a few times this year, um, and we've talked about how, you know, some bodybuilders this year just hunkered down and just said, fuck it. And just trained through the whole thing, but didn't compete or didn't try to travel or didn't do any of that stuff. And that seems to be the strategy you took, which obviously living on Ontario, I can't blame you. Um, is that is that kind of or are we right or did it just kind of happen this way? Was there no plan or decision to kind of just train through it and not compete? So in 2000, in 2019. I actually planned to take 2020 off. But then, you know, when you do that, you kind of get that itch to compete <laughs> near the <laughs> end, especially, yeah, especially when you're doing really good, your training's going well. And then this, this shit happened and I compete for, I compete for hobby and for, you know, cause I get to travel with my family and my friends to do it. And it's something I'm good at and I enjoy doing. So without that aspect of bodybuilding, it's it's not the same for me. Ah, right. Okay. Well, nothing was the same this year. You're right. So, you know, what would I make sense? I can't travel with anybody. If I had to go into the <clears throat> States, yeah. you know, there was crazy conditions. I've seen guys struggling through yeah. it, getting show after show canceled. And, you know, I trained so damn hard for my coming up for a show that I, I couldn't do that to myself and be disappointed with the show being canceled or I don't know. These guys work through it. Good for them, but fuck it. Drive me crazy if that happened. <laughs> um, w- w- you mentioned the supporters and stuff. And uh, um, one thing that I'm not sure the American fans understand, um, unless they've heard the stories, but as a fellow Canadian who competed with you for several years at nationals, we were both, you know, part of that national alumni, those guys beating our heads against the wall. And, uh, you always had this absolutely mind blowing group of people that would show up at the show, hands down the loudest fans for any bodybuilder (laughs) I've ever seen compete in Canada. And the most consistent group, like you had this group of crazy people with, Team Watson shirts, and they're, they're getting Zaniacs, and they've got rows together. They're not spread out. They're all sitting together, and they just take over the auditorium when you come on the stage. And it was like that all through the amateurs and obviously at the Toronto Pro and stuff when you're competing now. But w- t- tell me about that. I want to know how that sort of happened because it was awesome. I loved your support yeah. group. That's something I always like to put together. I would always put together, like even the Arnold Classic, the one year I set up a bus, a bus for my family and friends to get on and go over there. And I got all the seating together, like you said. So usually would be one, one group and get all the clothing together. And it just turns everything into, you know, what, what bodybuilding was to me. You know, I always did this 
with my father and my family. So, you know, we always traveled together uh, all as a group. And it was just, you know, that one time, honestly, even including Christmas, everything, it was that one time where really my whole family <laughs> and all my friends would be together. So it's it made for a really good trip and uh, memories. So that was really awesome. It, you know, this year you couldn't do that. So I'm not sure. Do you 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 feel like that was something that you used to drive yourself? Like you knew they were all coming, you knew they were oh, all yeah. just as committed. Yeah, I couldn't let nobody down. I had to be I had to be perfect. Just pile on the pressure. Oh yeah, everything. <laughs> but, okay, see, Dusty, now we're now we're see now we're learning about Zane. Yes, right? yeah, I, I like that style though. Like most people shy away from it. He's like, how can I put a little more pressure on myself? I'm gonna put yeah. everyone on a bus and make them go to the show, and I'm gonna have to look nuts. <laughs> make them buy tickets. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not cheap for people to go to these shows. You know, like hotel, travel. The price of the tickets, you know, it ends up being a thousand dollar weekend or at least, not including yeah. hotels. Then we go to like so many times. I've brought everybody to Vegas. I've brought everyone to Vegas two or three times. So that's like a whole thing on its own, you know. Man, oh man. So I've I've even had Flex Lewis. Like I knew when I was with them first contest in vegas he's like who the fuck is this guy that they're cheering for <laughs> who's this guy in the last call out that everybody's cheering for <laughs> it was good no man it's it it was awesome and uh all every year at the canadas guaranteed and one other thing about those canadas that i remember is not only would the you'd have your zaniacs there but you would every year come out and lay down a professional posing routine and it would be worthy of the noise. And that was, you know what I mean? It's like if someone buses in a hundred friends, but then they come out and they don't really do much. They're dead. <laughs> yeah. But you would bust these people in and then you would dominate the posing round. Your shitty firecracker. Yeah. Shitty fire. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty weak conehead. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's such a great explanation of what it looks like too. If someone's just terrible, you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was that was obviously part of the pressure too. Was you wanted to outpose everybody and treat that like an art. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, even in the groups of people I bring, it it's. You know, these aren't bodybuilding enthusiasts that I'm bringing. These are like family members and other friends outside of bodybuilding. So like on every trip, there's a handful of people that have never seen a bodybuilding show or never watched anything outside of my social media that had anything to do with bodybuilding. So it's these people that, you know, they and then they get that routine and they understand the whole thing. It all comes together. And it's like, wow, that was the best weekend ever. <laughs> I watched it. I watched you in your underwear and I'm cheering you on, you know, flexing your muscles. And like, they think it would be like funny, but you know, they, they thought it was cool at the end of it. So, you know, that, that group was really important for me. I can't, I can't even say how important it was and is. What's the, uh, do, do you have somewhat of a game plan for this year or is it really depending on the next couple of months of what's going on in Canada and all that stuff? 
Yeah, I'm just super cautious. I'm de- I definitely am eager to get on the stage. Um, super cautious as to what show I pick. I, I've had it in my head that I want to do the Arnold's again. Uh, obviously, I don't think they're going to put a 212 back in Arnold. I don't really care, but it would be. I'm not sure if they would accept an invite from me um, in the open class, but I would. I wouldn't care. I would do it open or. Or whatever. I would just want to. I would like to do that show again. I think that to date, that was my favorite. Uh, that's my favorite show I've ever competed in. It was a 2017 Arnold Classic. What made that special? Says someone who's never done it. I mean, I've been there a million times, but what was the difference? I mean, you've done the Olympia, so mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was incredible. Yeah, that was awesome. So that whole, just that whole experience, bringing everybody and meeting Arnold and the show was just so put together perfectly. Like it was, you know, you go to some shows and it's like, Oh, well, well, you know, you've worked so hard to become a professional athlete. And then it's like, you know, the show's not running as smooth as you think it would run. Mm-hmm. But then there's some shows that are just like over the top. And Arnold classic was that for me, like it was just, everything was put together. You had, time to be somewhere somebody helping you when you got there everything was organized the the rooms the, the escorts not horse like escorts <laughs> <laughs> glad you specified i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to do i the was sitting in my <laughs> to, yeah to, to get, why to is get dusty trying one. to get in the arnold all of a sudden oh, <laughs> zane said yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the horse. Yeah. We're <laughs> going to do all the Eastern European. I mean, shows. escorts. I mean. <laughs> That's classic. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Shit. That's good stuff. There, there we go. We got the clip for the thumbnail, Dusty. Yeah, we just got it. It's all done. We got it out of the way. We got the promo clip. So that'll be perfect. <laughs> okay. We're running the whore response straight out the gate. This is how we roll, Zane. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about your before you got your pro car. Let's talk about the amateur days coming up. Um, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. Obviously, your dad is a a, a foundational part of your story that I mean, everyone in Canada is aware of, and obviously, a lot of your fans know. But can you give us a little bit of background for those who don't quite know what your household was like with your parents and bodybuilding and and all that stuff? Yeah, sure. My I grew up in the fitness industry. My dad always had a chain of health clubs. It was called Family Fitness, and he was a professional uh, bodybuilder. I guess it was different back then. I, I, it wasn't like you... I don't think he had like an IFBB pro status. It was more like he did nationals and then uh, universe. I'm not sure if at that point it was like considered IFBB pro or. Right, right. It was the 70s, right? uh, Between the 70s and probably really early 80s, but more late 70s and early 70s. And he was he won the nationals there a few times and then went on to the universe uh, and my mom too. She was a national champion in in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. It was a lot different. Not sure what the female classes were like then. If it, if it was, I think it was just bodybuilding, and yep. but they weren't like super muscular. It was kind of a cool, cool yeah. look. Rachel McClish days. Yeah. So I I naturally grew up in the fitness. Uh, 
uh, fitness lifestyle. And my dad's goal was always, I'm going to do what I did in 10 years with you and two. <laughs> and we basically did that. Yeah. It's, uh, I think I won my, I won my pro card in th- uh, three years, maybe. Something yeah. Like that. What was your first nationals? You did 2011, 12 and 13, right? That, yeah, that sounds right. Because 2010, I did level one. It was level one, level two. And then it was nationals. Is that how it went? Yeah, Not yeah. Regionals, I, on regionals, provincials, nationals. nationals. I, I remember, I remember. you know, I would always hear mumblings of the, the, the new guys that were coming that were pro potential, you know, because I was like there for so many years trying to turn pro. So I would hear like, oh, this new kid, this this guy's coming, this guy's coming. And I remember the first time I heard your name, it was like, oh, this Zane Watson kid is going to be awesome. And I remember like looking forward to seeing you at nationals that year. And, uh, and yeah, the potential. Oh, oh, you do. Oh, okay. The, the yeah. Potential cause it was, was the same, awesome. but the other way around, it's like, fuck this guy's here. He's, <laughs> he wins it all the time and he didn't get his pro card. And then I see you and I'm like, who the hell's supposed to compete with this guy? <laughs> Massive. He's got these fucking gray sweatpants on. They're like tights, but they were huge pants. <laughs> I think it was you were weighing in or something. Right, right. Like, oh, yeah, those this is real. I think it might have been the first nationals in uh was that Edmonton or Halifax? Yeah, well, yeah, man. It was it was it was those were good days, man. But I, I remember when you got your pro card and uh and uh, it was like, oh, shit, because, you know, the 212 division was the talk at the time. And, you know, so, you know, it was everyone knew that that you were one of the guys from Canada that had a place to, like, go straight to. Yeah, the 212 class. Yeah. So what what about what about, you know, you mentioned doing the open at the Arnold if if they would let you, you know, so where where do you sit with 212? Like. You know, looking back at the last year you did all those shows, I mean, how hard was that for you to be in that class? So it's always kind of the same. It's like, like in previous years, I start my contest prep around 225. And I end my contest prep around 225, but zero fat and more muscle. (laughs) Right. So then I got to suck myself off 12 pounds to step on stage. And, you know, I never get my best look. In 2019, I did four shows. Um, and actually, coming up to the show, I was hovering around 216. And that's a really easy way for me to uh, for me to dial in uh, from. So it ended up good. And then, you know, my I did four shows that year. So the first show, 216. Second show, two, 219. Next show, 220. Next show, 223. <laughs> You're like, fuck, I can't get down there. It's hard. Because, you know, I when I'm training, it's it's probably my, I get my best. When I'm training for a show, it's like, it's my best time of growing. I don't really have an off season. I'm either training for a show or I'm just training in the gym, you know, not it's probably a downfall of mine, but if I if I pushed it all year, I would definitely not make the two twelve class. But now I don't really care. Right. I don't care if I come in at two twelve, especially for my last few years of bodybuilding. I'm not gonna. 
I want to look my best on stage and I, I don't care what class that lands me in, but I don't want to be, I don't want to sacrifice how I look because, you know, realistically I've never been perfect and that's just because I have to come down so much in that 24 hour window from mm -hmm. weighing in to being on stage. When I put 10 or 12 pounds back on, you know, it doesn't necessarily go where you want it to. Right. <clears throat> because when you pull it out, it usually comes out of my muscles. Like if I could step on stage, how I look two weeks before a show training in the gym every morning, then, you know, I, I do a hell of a lot better, but because of that weight uh, restriction, it's hard for me. Do you feel like without the weight restriction, your physique could carry even more mass or would you come in roughly where you are at that 225 mark without sacrificing your look? Because you know how it is, like a lot of open guys yeah. I find, they look back and they go, yeah, I'm 270 now, but at 255, I was nuts. You yeah, know, like their great, look yeah. sacrificed, you know what I mean? So, so how's that land for you? Yeah, for sure. Like Ronnie Coleman looked amazing at 250 pounds yeah. <laughs> or 240 looked amazing sharp. Uh, for me, uh, uh, I'm not sure. I don't think, I think if I'm like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really comfortable. Uh, I could be on stage very easily at 225, 230 and it would only better me. It wouldn't, right. Right. It wouldn't make my waist wider. It wouldn't, it wouldn't affect me negatively. That's for sure. Yeah. Because that's where I comfortably sit, and then I have to pull it out. Because I right. walk around to between two forty and two fifty. And you're lean all year, really lean. Yeah, I'm not. I don't get. I don't. I don't get too out of shape. But I mean, I don't. I don't stay in crazy shape. That I'm always. Usually, when I'm posting all my pictures, it's when I'm competing. Right, right. You save them. You save them up. <laughs> no, I don't post them now. I just mean usually when I'm active on social media. Right. That's right. when people are seeing me. Where now I'm not competing. I'm not so active on my right on my socials, especially this year. It's a bummer. I don't even like posting me working out. I have my own gym, but it's like rubbing it in everybody's face. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's got a fucking gym to train at. La di da. Here, follow my workouts. <laughs> yeah. I, I we've discussed I, I had a bit of that, too, when we were shut down out here It was like almost felt a little bad because I had this giant gym to train at every day. I was like, oh, shit, I can't believe this. You know, <laughs> I it's, it's, it in. yeah, yeah, it's funny. Uh, Dusty and I put up a, um, a bunch of questions and we both got hammered. So you're pretty popular, man. You had a lot of people ask stuff about Zane. Yeah, uh, people sent me about 30 questions by accident. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So another thing <laughs> is, is have have you done very many interviews and podcasts and stuff? Because you kind of lay low a little too, don't you? No, I don't do it. I don't do a ton. I mean, I, I'm up for them. If somebody asks me, I, I'll jump on to the interviews or whatever. I'm not shy. It's just bodybuilding is a is a hobby for me. So it's like, you know. I, I, lot of, I don't really have much to promote. Uh, I don't have much to promote and other than, hey, what competitions do you want to do? <laughs> How's the training going? Do, uh, it's great. <laughs> what do you do for your, uh, like for your career then if, uh, if this is a hobby? I think it's an interesting thing because a lot of people, I get a lot of 
pushback from people that are like, well, it's so much easier when you don't have a real job. And I'm like, well, I used to own five retail stores and do this also. So I don't understand your excuse. It takes six minutes to eat six meals and an hour and a half train. There's plenty of time. But I mean, so what do you, what do you do? And kind of what's your answer with that? Because I find that to be a pretty pathetic excuse for a lot of people. And obviously you're at the, I mean, you're a top, top pro that's doing it as a hobby. Yeah, for sure. Well, and that, and that's a stand I've always taken with like supplement companies too. It's like, well, if you want to, if you want me to put a lot of time into this, then, you know, my time is worth money. So, uh, in terms of my businesses, I've always had, uh, you know, I've always had an entrepreneur mindset. I've always had three or four businesses going on. I do a lot of property development. Uh, I run a gym here. I do some, uh, a food business, mm-hmm. food business out of there. Also some online stuff. And then I have, uh, um, I'm always working on, I'm always working on different. Well, you, you got a hoodie there too. Yeah, I have some retail. I have, yeah, I, I sell some retail go. out of my gym. Yeah, yeah, and on your website too. Yeah, on my website, if people, sometimes people go on there and they have, they'll order it. I don't push it a lot, but sweaters are great. Yeah. What, what about <laughs> what about helping what about helping other bodybuilders? You you do coach some people too, right? I take on a limited amount of clients. Like I'm really, and I'll, and I'll drop them as, and I'll drop them quick if they're not giving me what I want, uh, in terms of output, because, you know, I'm, if I'm going to take on a client, I'll be a hundred percent with them, but they got to give me that back. And, you know, a lot of people don't have that. So, you know, you work with them a couple months and then you see like, it's not going how it's supposed to be going. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm pretty honest with people. <laughs> right, right, right. In terms of getting rid of them. So, but you know, then you get that, but then doing that, you get a few gems that really give it a hundred percent. And, you know, they try really hard, whether they're, whether they're awesome potential athletes or just like lifestyle guys. Right. It's, yeah. the, it's, it's the effort for me because I do, I, I love doing it. I love training people. I love, I love torturing people in the gym. Yeah. I love posing with people. So, you know, that's all stuff I like to share, like my knowledge with, because, you know, it was shared with me. So. Yeah. You feel, you feel like that's, you feel like you, you enjoy doing what say your dad did for you. It's definitely something I got from him. It's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. that father thing. Uh, the whole father thing that came with the sport for me, it's like, I like to give that to other people, whether they're older than me or younger. I help guys that are 50, I help guys that are 20 and it's the same, same approach. Who, who do you work with? My, my coach? Yeah. Chris Aceto. Right. I've worked with him now for probably five years. Right. Yeah, I, I knew your last. I knew that you were with Chris, but obviously it's been a while since you're on stage, so I didn't know if it, you still considered him. Like, you know, if you go, you know, back with Aceto for your next show, you oh, know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We've never had it. We've never. We've always we're we're always on the same page, but you know we don't do any kind of off season work, so it's like. Yeah. As soon as I'm ready to pull the trigger, it's like, hey, I'm ready. Okay. Oh, Send me pics. 
how do you how do you describe Dusty and I have this conversation all the time about Chris, how he's just different than most of the other trainers and coaches and gurus and stuff. How do you describe working with him to people? Because I'm sure people ask you, hey, what's Chris like? Uh, he's he's super simple, uh, meat and potatoes mm-hmm. type of guy, and that's exactly how I was taught from the beginning. Is <laughs> is straightforward so you know that that's something that's really easy for for him and i but you know i i've also never had i've never really worked with anybody else i've i've done a, t- a little bit of an off season with uh, matt jensen and then all this bullshit happened and we kind of didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. um but it started off great and he seemed like a, a super uh super good coach as well he's very uh detailed and on people and chris is the same with me like chris is anything like he's always there when you message him he answers you when he says he's going to get you his diet he gets you his diet you know it's he's definitely always there when you're if you're competing he's usually at the show (laughs) right what what do you think it is about um what you do or how you prep that gives you the look that you have over other people. You extremely hard and vascular. I mean, obviously genetic components, uh, notwithstanding, um, you know, what do you think people need to do when they ask you, how can I look like you? It's definitely my training. It's totally, uh, probably I'd say the intensity aspect of my training. And, I'd say the veins are probably more genetic than anything, but I mean, you know, that, that grainy look is definitely from uh, high intensity training, which actually I've done a lot more of uh, in the last year. I've had a new trainer, another old, uh, another, another seventies, uh, eighties bodybuilder, John mm-hmm. Cardillo. He was training me. And he owned a huge chain of fitness uh, uh, fitness gyms here as well. Yeah, he's got that giant body pro gym, doesn't he? Yeah. That yeah, that's here nuts. in Hamilton. Yeah, that thing has every single piece of equipment you could ever imagine. Yeah. But he crazy. really changed my he changed my my look on training. I thought I was always, you know, training with intensity and then started doing these hit workouts and it's made a huge difference especially with rest periods uh he really made me understand that uh less was more and listen to your body and when he got a hold of me it was kind of in the middle of my 2019 uh bodybuilding season so you know when you're in that robot mode of training you know oh gotta train six times this week i have to do cardio five times this week i have to eat what i've been told to eat mm-hmm. so he got me in the middle so for the concept is hard to change in the middle of it but when i got into my a little bit out of that uh, contest prep mode and started to really listen to my body and let it let it recover from my hard workouts you know taking two or three days off and, you know, not training 
biceps near my back or training them together rather and then not touching them for five days, I would mm-hmm. notice that every single time I trained them, I'd be sore. Right. And legs too. Do your legs, don't touch them. I couldn't walk for a week, but I wouldn't touch them for seven, eight days. Right. And when I started to do that and listen to my body, you know, I, I, I'm so I'm, it's changed a lot. So I'm excited to I'm excited to get back on stage this year because I think I've changed quite a bit. How how were you able to or, or what drove you to the idea that you wanted to try something new? Because I know a lot of guys, I always credit people who have already are somewhere and they're successful to make changes. Like I think back to like when Tiger Woods was in his prime and he was winning, they're like, oh, we need to retool your entire swing. And it's like, you're fucking yeah. winning. Are you serious? But they know it's time. I mean, so how, how did you come to that decision? You guys just end up talking or, or were you breaking down or what was the deal? Yeah, I definitely, I think you come to like a plateau and, you know, your workouts, your workouts are a bit the same. And then I started and then I went through a couple of these workouts and I was like, fuck, I thought I trained hard, but it's like, oh, I can't, I can't walk. I can't, I can't move my arms. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I thought I was like, I thought I was training hard. And then you realize like, there's a lot more left in you. So, you know, I, you get a little taste of that and a sicko like me, if you, you fall in love with it, you know, and then you can, you can build on it. I love yeah. that. This is the only game where you're like, yeah, so I couldn't move. And I thought I have to keep doing this. Oh, <laughs> I'm onto something. This is how I want to live my life. I tell yeah. people, I tell people I had sore quads for 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally. I had sore quads five days a week for 25 years. I didn't even know how to live any other way. And now my legs aren't sore all the time. I'm like, wow, this is like a different life. <laughs> it's insanity. <laughs> let's, let's hit him let's hit him with some questions dusty yes he should be good absolutely <clears throat> so I have, just, I have a ton so fire just to one mention two people two people didn't even ask questions but they just said tell him to keep posting training vids we want more training vids and then the other one's like we love his training vids tell him to post more training vids <laughs> i know so there you go that's what i said i stopped doing them like if i don't know it's like should i feel bad for not doing them or should i feel bad for doing them and rubbing it in people's faces? right 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 it's like it's like gym I, got a ton right of them. I haven't i haven't not been training i have a ton of videos that i've that i have collected so um you yeah, know people, people need that. their action okay here's a good one what makes a great training partner A great training partner is, uh, uh, you see, I'm a little bit on the fence about this one because give it to us, especially with the training that I've adapted to now, the high intensity training, mm-hmm. I don't think there's not time. There's not time for a training partner. There has to be either a trainer or like you have to, you have to be put through the workout and then you take a, you catch your breath and you put them through the workout because in that high intensity aspect, there's not enough time to do set for set or, uh, thing. But you know, when I do train, when I do train someone with somebody and I'm not doing that crazy intense uh, shit, then I would say they have to be, you know, knowledgeable of your training. Kind of, you got to bounce off each other feed off each other and something you develop over time, how you want to be spotted, uh, 
you know, on point with time. Time's a big thing too. Like you guys got to have the same schedules, right? Yeah. Or around each other because if one person's like an hour late all the time or whatever, then it's doesn't work out. And then That's weights what, too. You know, you don't want to if you're training with somebody, you don't want to be moving 100 pounds off the bar to let them do their set you know or switch up the exercises it's you kind of want to be in there somewhere right 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 but i look at a training partner as somebody as somebody helping me like i don't have really i don't have like another uh top pro or anything that's here training with me uh a, a lot of them train together at uh pure nutrition or pure pure muscle uh yeah, yeah. so they're, they're all training together that's that's awesome but i'm kind of in my own little element here and i've sometimes i get to train with them and then you know the workouts are great but it doesn't usually happen as a partnership yeah right yeah, yeah. i trained with regan a bunch of times this year and those workouts go awesome but yeah you're good buddies with him right yeah we're all friends all of yeah you. We're all good friends here. Everybody talks to each other. All you Ontario guys. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, I, th- I think it's funny from being from the States because Ontario and Western Canada are like different countries. Like you guys could, it's even ran different. Like you've been in your gym all this whole time, Ron, and then all my clients on the east side of the country are screwed currently. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like I you guys I- don't, like you don't have one president or something. <laughs> <laughs> prime minister all, yeah prime minister yeah, yeah it's yeah. all Same shit. it's all different he's probably in the bahamas probably in front of a green screen <laughs> pretending he's in town yeah hey. so okay. I, I got a question of course on your um on how you stay lean all the time do you do you run a really tight diet all the time or how is it do you stay because a guy says even the off season he looks peeled I don't stay peeled. I probably sit around between like 12 and 16% body fat. Damn. We just, everyone thinks you're lean all the time. You're so good at Instagram, Zane. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not totally shredded all the time. (laughs) I hold my fat well too. I'll hold my fat in my legs. You won't see it. So like, right. Maybe my arms are always muscular. (laughs) Right, right. I'm I'm one of those guys that I'm one of those guys that always has ripped abs, even if my back and legs are completely yeah. smooth. So I can like be it used to be like 320, and I'd have like six abs, and everyone would be like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "No, I'm like 50 pounds overweight." Yeah. Oh, you're shredded. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm far from shredded. Uh, but I I am definitely a creature of habit. I I have my three or four clean meals that I definitely get in every day. My breakfast is always the same. Same eggs, oatmeal, maybe some toast or something. You know, I'll have always have a couple chicken and rice meals. I'll have a steak and salad meal. That's just how I like to eat. It's not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I don't eat that way, it's it's like putting diesel in a uh, petrol car. You know, it's not. It doesn't work with me. I have to have have to have the right have to have the right uh, fuel. So yeah, I'm. I find I do, it funny because a lot a lot of guys think that. Uh, your diets change a bunch, but I find that a lot of guys like you, the diet stays the same. It's just more food. 
you know, like your prep diet and your off-season diet is not drastically different other than you're eating more. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's a downfall for me too. Honestly, I eat three times as much food as in the, in competition season than I do off-season. Like literally, Chris is feeding me fucking three cups of rice and 10 ounces of chicken, stupid shit that makes your metabolism go crazy. Yeah, you're having people hate you right now just so you know <laughs> yeah man he feeds me he he feeds me like a 350 pound guy competing it's crazy yeah i eat a lot of food I, by the time i'm done competing i i don't want to eat anything i i'm so sick of food i can't even look at it <laughs> what's the post-show cheat i go home don't yeah. fuck i go home no nothing i want an apple <laughs> i remember I remember I, I did so many shows that I actually did a show. I think it was 2012. Did a show and went straight home and didn't eat and Nothing. went to bed. Fuck it. I didn't eat anything. I took my trophy and I said goodbye to my friends. And we I got home at like midnight because it was in Edmonton. So I just drove home, you know, yeah. went in my own kitchen, pounded some water, fucking had a shower, went to bed. Like it's funny. Yeah. You do enough shows, food just loses its value. It's nothing. <laughs> People always ask me that. What are you craving? Fuck. Air. Air. <laughs> craving not eating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, what's the uh, what's the biggest hardship you've had to overcome in your bodybuilding career? So not necessarily, you know, personal life, but like the bodybuilding itself oh definitely my father passing away so unexpected it was like uh you know we trained he was my training partner but he trained me so he trained me every single day for uh you know eight years so for that to be gone in a in, in a snap it was like a big it was it was a big thing for me to get over and that's why honestly that's why i did those in 2019, like leading up to that, I'm, I'm kind of a one-hit wonder. I do one show a year or at most, but in 2019, I just needed to stay stay focused and distracted, and I did those four shows and just kept going because that was really uh, my first year competing without my father's help. So, so even though Chris was helping me always, uh, but, mm -hmm. you know, still, it's, yeah. you have somebody holding your hand the whole time like i was super uh super blessed that way like i always had someone to be at the gym ready to work out uh when i was ready you know so to not have that it was definitely something to to get over and that's when uh that's when my other trainer john he's kind of he wanted to help me and work out with me a bit and he was friends with my father so yeah he started showing me that other training and you know, you get over things. Obviously, life life happens. I think it's cool that you. Cause I, I got it funny, but I did not know your uh, your full story here. But um, a lot of fans were all asking me the same question, like about your father and stuff. So obviously, you, uh, in some levels, were relatively public about either him with you the whole time or what it was like when it was gone. But it's a lot of positive uh, reaction, people. Uh, talking about that within the questions and one of them was did was it hard to uh, to go back to the gym 
and get back into that mode or, or were you able to use the gym to distract actually in the gym, not the show? Uh, I think I took a solid month off. No, no gym, nothing just like in a fucking dark place. And then, uh, and then, you know, obviously you got to pull up your skirt and get back to it. So right. that's what happened. <laughs> yeah. Got to get back to the gym. And when I got back to the gym, I was definitely, I was definitely angry at it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, what, what, what Jim, year was that? What year was that shot with Arnold taking that picture? Was it this 20, one? Yeah. 17 yeah 2017 so your your dad got to see that moment oh yeah it, would you say that that would be one of like kind of the the peak moments that he got to witness of his son's career i mean that's a pretty special moment he was there he wasn't in uh he wasn't in um ohio no he he wasn't in ohio that year he couldn't make it because I think the year before I illegally smuggled him into the States to go to the Olympia. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that. (laughs) Yeah. As you do, as you might have to do. Hey, you know, we fucking drove over there on a boat. This is a true story. We drove him over there on a boat and it was kind of a test run. He said, oh, go up. There was a marina. Go up there and grab lunch. See if you can grab some burgers on the American side. And he went up and I said, oh, I'm fucking out of here. The test run's over. <laughs> he made it. <laughs> so so I left. I left him there and I called him. I said, listen, I'm going to bring your suitcase over the border and in a few hours and then you're going to take a train and he took a fucking three day train all the way to Nevada. <laughs> you're so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> he was so fucking pissed. And then I ended up and then I went and stayed in, uh, and then I stayed in out there for a couple months and trained for that Olympia. And I was already there because we shipped him early. So <laughs> that's badass. <laughs> I, uh, Oh, I don't man. know what happened for the. I don't know what happened. For, oh, the Arnold Classic. It was too cold out. The water was frozen. <laughs> <laughs> now these are the stories you don't just learn so, any other place. So, so you yeah. did a test. You did a test run a few months before the uh, before the Olympia. Yeah, it was just and a he test. Got, like, and, hey, let's and, just go and, test the waters. He got across, had a burger, and he thought, "Fuck, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay." No, he so never ship- thought that. Oh. <laughs> No, fuck no. He was you, pissed you off. I said, "Why? How come this is a te- what we're supposed to?" Because the next weekend was a long weekend, and that's when we were gonna like do the thing. You know, we thought, "Oh, there's gonna be more people," but fuck, we already made it. You're in the states. Just, just go get out of here. <laughs> so, that's funny. I'm not sure if this is incriminating or not. So, no, it's, no one will care. It's after the fact, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's dead. <laughs> you can't charge him. Fuck it. I didn't do it. Wrong. Okay, okay, now we've got I, two spots. I thought we had this the clip already, Dusty. But now we might have to change our minds on that. That what might be the clip. clip. Oh, you know, Jesus. promo. 
<laughs> this is how what we is always uh, YouTube. I do what like an, an Instagram cute, uh, clip before so people know what the show is, and we usually yeah. pick something extremely random that has nothing to do with what we talk about. So I've, these I've are flawless seen. options. <laughs> what what here's here here's a, here's a good one for you. What's your biggest flaw? Flaw with with uh, my physique or flaw how? Just all they say. Biggest flaw. Take it how you mean it. You know. Um. Fuck! I lost my hair a little back here. <laughs> the ponytail's covering it up though. Got a little toony. Not too happy about that. Yeah. How old are you now, Zane? I'm 32. Uh, eh. I I made it to 40 till I till I had to go with the full shave. <laughs> Just let it go, eh? You got the ponytail though, so you can you can stay safe for many years, I'm sure. That Dusty. pony comes from my mullet. Oh. <laughs> it's the mullet that pulls it together. It's actually long down to here. So. Right, right. There you go. Okay. <laughs> this is freaking great. We're learning all the secrets here. Yeah, we got to get him to let the hair down on the next one. Literally. Okay, Dusty. Right, let me see. Yes, I've got a few. Um, Jesus. All these all these questions are like literally the same. Okay, there we go. None of the um, Yeah, exactly. What what would you say is a is a, apparently obviously you've got wacky legs. Um, they want to know what is like a nasty leg workout that you would suggest someone trying now obviously intensity you can't speak of but like what was your last leg workout what did it look like yeah you were talking about this high intensity training you were doing with john and you mentioned time so i i, I thought maybe you meant giant sets or something i wasn't sure what you were doing it is kind of a giant set but you know giant sets i see i think are more like repetitive like you'll do five exercises one set and then you'll do the five exercises again another set you know what i mean right, so it's right. it becomes sets sets of those particular exercises whereas mm-hmm. high intensity would be kind of like that but it would be like five or six exercises but you would take each one to failure heavy and to failure uh potentially throw in a couple drop sets on each one of those sets and, you know, keep yourself moving from exercise to exercise without recovering. So basically you've done the, you've done the workout in six, seven sets. Okay. So you're doing now when you say sets, that would be like squat was, is one set. Then you go over and you do whatever your extensions, that's two sets. Now that's what you mean. Yeah. So, for example, I, uh, I actually, I have. A, there's a good video of me putting Regan through one of them. Oh. And it's and it's a prime example. It would be like pre-exhaust. I pre-exhaust my hamstrings, and my perfect perfect workout on this scenario would be do some hypers, warm up your mm-hmm. hamstrings, uh, and I always go through each exercise at the beginning of the workout with super low weight, just to feel exactly how I want to execute it. See where I want my feet when I squat, see where I want my feet when I do the leg press 
and I'll mm-hmm. put the weights all on and prepare it for my actual set. So I'm not wasting time going from exercise one to exercise two and fucking around with the weight or thinking, well, how much do I need? You know, it's usually documented. I write it down. So I know what I have to beat. Mm-hmm. So my perfect leg exercise, leg routine in this, uh, style of training would be hypers warm up your hamstrings. And then I would do heavy, super heavy, stiff legged, mm-hmm. uh, extension or stiff legged, uh, deadlifts. And then I go up immediately into, uh, 90 degree leg press and these are sets all to failure heavy probably drop it twice Mm -hmm. uh straight into a leg extension uh high have to be able to control the weight and then straight under the squat bar when you're like this right you know (laughs) you're barely walking to the squat bar and now you're getting to now you're getting under the bar where it's a heavy weight and you know it's going to be heavy like you know three plates or something or more and when you're pre-exhausted like that you're really like your hips are like this you're not even standing straight and then you have to take that if you don't take that squat to complete failure your your workout is it didn't count like that that squat has to be i definitely couldn't have got one more rep in me right And then now you can't breathe, you can't think, you're sweating, you feel sick, and then you go under like a supported a supported uh, machine where you don't need that balance, like a hack squat. Then you pound out one set of those. My dad used to say, "GTB, go to bed." (laughs) (laughs) And what was uh, like? What would you when you say heavy with some drops? Like, what would the rep range be on that first attempt? Say on the on the squats or the uh, stiff legs. Well, you usually have uh, you 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 have you have to have some kind of goal in mind, you know. Yeah. Whether that's from data from previous exercises or, you know, just something you're gonna say, this is gonna be super fucking hard, and I want to get twenty reps doing this. Right. It has to be ridiculous numbers where you think, this is hard. I, I don't even want to do this. Right. But that's that's what's going to make me sore for five days and grow. <laughs> right. So, you know, that's it's it's definitely I always go into the gym and say, what don't I want to train? What don't I want to do today? And that's what I'll do. <laughs> so Cause you don't want to do it because it's hard. <laughs> right. right. So essentially, you know, let's say you took those same exercises. Yep. And I and and let's say I did the workout. But I did each exercise, like, you know, warm-up set, prep set, all-out working set. Then move to the next one. Prep set, you know, get all ready, all-out working set. And then move to the next one, and the stiff leg, maybe I need a warm-up, and then a prep, and then all-out working set. So what you would do is do all the warm-ups up front. So you're totally primed on all all the movements and all the patterns, and you're ready to go on all of them, and then you load them all up, and then it's just work set, work set, work set, work set, work set. One after another, and if you don't have someone there going, come on, buddy, come on, you got this. Yeah. Let, let's go. Come on, go to the next set. Go to the next set. Get under the bar. Come on, you got this. Come on, you got this. Right. And you're so honestly, how- you're honestly not in within that time limit because I think your muscles start repairing after about six to ten seconds. So you want to re- you want to reach those uh, new muscle fibers. You know, if you're always 
if you're always hitting them here, then, you know, how are you supposed to get growth? You got to hit them in here, you know, you got to get right. deeper. So That's how long those deep cuts from how, how long is the time between each set? You know, obviously it would vary if you're walking from machine to machine and you're sucking wind. How long do you allow it to get? You, nothing. It's time take get there. Right. Bam. Yeah. And of course, like it's not something like you have to you have to be in good physical condition to do this type of workout. You can't be yeah, small. Yeah, yeah. You have to be used to some kind of, uh, you know, trauma, or pain, or torture, or whatever, whatever kind of shape you're in. You have to. You can't be like totally out of shape to do this work, or you're going to be sick. Well, with the wind, I think it would be. I mean, not even sick. I think if yeah, you were agreed. not in great shape, you just couldn't do it. I mean, I did. Uh, I don't know if you follow, but uh, Gina Davis actually wrote me a routine that was very similar. She uh, worked with Steve Kuklo, and I mean. I just went for it right out the gate, and I train very opposite. I go when I'm ready, like fully, sure. fully ready. Um, and, man, by, like, the third movement, I'm breathing. My mouth is open as I'm walking over, and I'm trying to get under the bar, and I'm like, holy shit, this is a different thing. Like, yeah. I'm doing I'm doing cardio and training all at once. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was definitely brutal, but uh, but you're right. I mean, number one, it was fun because – you can't quit because you just can't. Yeah. And then, you know, I was fucking sore, <laughs> like, sore a, as shit. And I knew thing. I didn't maximize it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if, if I were, if you were to put me through your routine, it whipped my ass, but it wouldn't be at your level because I just couldn't breathe yet. Like, it would take time to just get that oxygen. It would still kill me. I can't even imagine. <clears throat> yeah. So, like, especially like when I first started them workouts it's weird it's like the next day you're like oh wow my quads are sore and then the next day it's like oh the other side of my quad sore and the next day it's like oh my hip flexors are sore and like four days later your ass hurts and then the <laughs> next day your fucking hamstrings hurt it's like what the fuck is going on here you don't know but you know you can't always train like that hey i you have to have days you know, where you go, I'm just going to go into the squat bar today. Right. I'm going to slowly inch up the weight. I'm going to take my minute, minute and a half, two minute sets, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to lift some heavy weights today. And I'm going to do a few exercises that I like. And you know what? Those, those make you sore too. You can't always train. Like with that high intensity, you can't always be. How right. long can you train uh, as far as like number of weeks before you need to not beat the shit out of yourself? Do you take a cruise period as from the training? Do you not train at all or do you just kind of back down for a little time period? What do you do? Because obviously, like you said, you can't just like just like high intensity training with heavy weight. Like you can't train that way, you know, 52 weeks a year. Yeah, well, I think it totally depends on I think it totally depends on. uh where you're at in where you're at in your training and uh like uh especially if you're competing if you're not competing are you trying to put on muscle or you're not you know mm -hmm. so if there's anything my father taught me that i you know was really beneficial was make a plan work a plan so you know pick a show i know i'm going to train there and then you go back from that show and we'd write out uh all my cycles on times off times mm -hmm. 
right from the day I'm at, and it might be a year and a half down the road. So there's no guessing. Oh, stupid program. I just do some do supplements from here to there and not know where you're going, you know? So mm-hmm. I'd say that type of training, particularly, I'd say like uh, after, after four to six weeks, uh, you need to take a whole week off and don't even, don't even touch the gym, you know, like mm-hmm. four to six weeks, four to six weeks on. And then like a complete week off where you just do nothing, which is hard for me, but you know, they usually have to go away to get out of the, get it out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why it's funny. Cause that's why I asked is, uh, I just had a client who his body was telling me it was time. And so I asked, yeah. you know, like, Hey, you know, you, how the joints, how everything feeling? And he's like, Oh no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And I'm like, you shouldn't yeah. be. Uh, <laughs> so if you yeah. are, you're training like a bitch. And if you're yeah. not, you know, taking that step away is not a bad idea. And three days later, I got the text. It was like, okay, I lied. Like, I'm tired. You know, and you, and you feel like guys need to understand that that week away is what allows you to grow. Sure, you could push through. You're a fucking maniac. You could train all year, but it wouldn't be beneficial. Yeah, no, that time off is so important. All, all rest time is in between workouts. That's why I'm very strategic about even like my splits people always ask me what's your split <laughs> i don't know it's how i feel it's i'm not sure what i'm training today it's if i'm sore if, how i feel from the week before mm-hmm. you know, my, my split's not a seven day split it's usually like a 10 day split so which might be confusing but it changes every week one week right. i'll train chest and shoulders together the next week i won't i'll train chest and triceps together right that's awesome yeah it's it's uh I love stuff that's different because I, it's what we push. Uh, a lot of guys will ask, and I know you get that too. They want the answer, and I'm like, well, this is what I do. Yeah, I don't fucking know if it's going to be good for you. You know what I mean? It, that is so frustrating for me because it's it, that I'm I'm like so opinionated about it, which like the same thing. What's your split? I don't have one. <laughs> What's your workout? <laughs> I, I can't tell you. Like you have to watch, you know. Give me a good cycle. How the fuck am I supposed to know how you're going to respond to something if I'm not watching you every day? I always it's say a, D-ball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every yeah. time. Every time. Lots of D-ball. <laughs> Lots of D-ball. Yeah. Never. That's that's something that that's something that never that I never really got. You know, people write out cycles for somebody and it's like, well, how did they build this for you? I don't understand how they built that for you. How do they know what that's going to do for you? you know? Right. Especially when they're, especially the more complicated they get. Yeah. It kind of has to be like, you know, that's something that Chris was always, that I really liked about Chris. He never changed anything unless it needed to be changed. Yep. It wasn't like do all this. It was like, do this. And when that stops working, do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's something that me and Chris have always grooved with. So I remember one time Chris sent me taught me a lot. He, Chris sent me my stack and I go, hey, uh, I, I can't remember what I said in the text. I was like, hey, uh, what do you want my cycle to look like? He goes, well, I don't give cycles. I just give advice. Yeah. And, then, and then the next line Got was just like, like it was like that much advice. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so simple. I yeah. think that that's what people don't realize is 
you know, my first uh, my first show with Chris, you know, when you, you're heading out of town, it was my first big show. I asked him, I said, hey, what am I going to be uh, eating those last three days because I want to prep my food? And I'll never forget. He sends back. I don't know. That was all he said. I don't know. But I was like, yeah. my brain was struggling. <laughs> so so I told my I told my wife at the time I was like, OK, well, cook enough of every food I eat for four days. As in Honey, six meals of me chicken, six meals of this. Six. So we showed up with like literally four times the amount of food I needed. And then Chris yeah. goes, what'd you bring? And I said, I brought everything. He goes, everything? I go, you said you didn't know what I was going to eat. He goes, well, that'll work. <laughs> best Shit. best <laughs> Yeah, I was prepared. And of course, I ate like one type of meat the entire time and rice. Yes. <laughs> then you cover it after. Exactly. I, I got plenty of food I, for later. I got a good one here that I want to hear about. Um, what inspired your amazing posing routine when you used the sound of silence at the Arnold's? Uh, I don't think it was inspired by anything in particular, but, you know, that's something my dad always was huge on was posing. So right from the starting, I took it super serious. And, like, I always watch bodybuilding shows and I would think, fuck, this guy looks amazing. And then it's like... You look so good. You've spent hundreds and thousands of hours on making your physique look like this, and you can't even show it. <laughs> you can't right. show it. You don't display it right. You, you're clearly not prepared to to display this and you know this physique the way it should be. So I always took that really serious. I always I always watched um, I always watch old posing videos. Um, who, who are some of the guys? Who are some of the guys that you think were awesome? I liked Frank Zane a lot. Loved Ed Corny. Um, yeah, those those two guys. I really watched their. I really liked their posing. Something about when they used to pose to no music. I I liked too. Like I've always kind of had that in the back of my head. I wanted to do that. They come out and they just do this. Frank Zane could sit there and pose for an hour to no music, and you could just watch him pose after pose after pose after pose. Yeah. Like, and now it's painful to watch some people posing. It's like, holy shit. <laughs> right. Who do you uh, – it's, it's funny you said that because there's a question, man. Is uh, best posing you've seen recently? Uh, any Anyone specific that you really enjoy watching that's a pro now? Oh, I fucking love Terrence Ruffin. He's amazing. I've been watching him since he did this posing routine at the Toronto show uh, one year. Uh, It was like some Britney Spears cover song or something, but it was so it was so good. And and I and I've and I've always liked him since he's a super he's a super good poser. So he's definitely my favorite poser for sure right now. Yeah, I think that's almost across the board for every everybody that uh, follows bodybuilding. If you don't know his routines, it's kind of like really. <laughs> well, he he did make up some points at the Olympia this year and wound up in second because of the night show. So you I mean, can just tell he does his homework. He doesn't stop posing. I I, I really like uh, uh fuck shit his fucking name just skipped my mind uh. 212 guy skipped the Olympia this year. He's one of HD's guys. 
Oh, Leon. Um, um, Keon. No, Keon. 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 Yeah, Keon. Keon. He. I don't. I don't know. I don't remember any of his posing routines, but his actually, his actual posing. You can tell he sits there for an hour a day and and poses and holds them and knows. He doesn't even have to guess. He just lifts his arms and he shows because you know a lot of guys have these great physiques and then they lift their arms and they disappear. <laughs> what happened? Right. All your muscles disappeared. They look great. They're so impressive in the gym. They got these 24-inch arms, huge chest, whatever, and it's like then they lift their arms and it's gone. So I think that's a lot to do with practice. And that guy, Keon, too, I was looking forward to seeing him on the 212 stage because that guy's definitely in the top three. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm always amazed with the guys that uh, <clears throat> the first guy I worked with on posing when I was really getting started – you know, I was hitting a, a lat spread, just a basic pose. And he said, well, you got two choices. You can either go put on 20 pounds over the next two years, or I can teach you how to hit that pose right now so it looks like you put on 20 pounds today. And I'm like, I'll choose the second one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it is that drastic, though. I think a lot of yeah. guys don't realize when you work with the right person, um, specifically someone who knows your physique, because if you're like – Someone like me that has things you really need to hide or get away from, a good coach can help you as much as possible with that, you know? I haven't really had any – I haven't really had a lot of posing uh, advice, but I'm the type of guy that thinks you can learn anything from somebody. So, you know, I'd never be against doing some posing with somebody too. I can always learn. I've always had a problem pulling my back out. I could never oh. – Jeez. Still, it's hard. Yeah. Oh, it looks like you know <laughs> exactly hard. what you're doing. That's hard for me to imagine, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything, I'll put it this way. Everything you do looks like you do it on purpose, and that's always something. You know how you see yeah. guys pose, and you think, all right, he doesn't realize you know, that he's on a bad angle or whatever, but you always look <laughs> in the right spot. Um, I had one here. It was, uh, what, what's your mental situation before a workout? Like, do you have any sort of rituals you go through or does that happen later in the prep when, when you got to dig deep, you have maybe more of that sort of ritual stuff going on? Uh, when I, I like to train in the morning because, you know, if I don't train in the morning, especially when I'm really balls to the wall, I'm nervous all day. And, you know, I get that nervous feeling for my workout fuck i gotta go through this and you're thinking about it all day and if i just get it out of the way in the morning i eat meal one perfect i would love to train after meal two but mentally i have to train after meal one especially with my business i get bothered after after 10 o'clock so uh, i don't want my workout to be interrupted or to miss anything so yeah mentally it's like a kind of like a I like to, it's like a meditating thing. I'll have my breakfast and psych myself up for the workout and then you, you know, get to the gym and get right at it. I don't do anything too particular. Right, right. I know we've had some long discussions about like, you know, some guys crank the metal, some guys, you know, that sort of stuff. Like music metal yeah, or like yeah, hit their head yeah, off yeah, that, well, hey, well, yeah. Hey, who knows it? Guys um, like J, JP, maybe they are smashing things. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What What do you listen to when you train? 
I listen to everything. I listen to some really funny 70s music sometimes because my, you know, my, I used to listen to that with my dad. So kind of like, I don't know, it's relaxing. But if I'm, uh, but I'll listen to like some, some heavy rock PlayStation playlists if, uh, if I'm really not feeling it or I want to get in the zone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what's, what's, uh, What's it looking like there? You can open your gym now, uh, right away here. You're gonna have people in the gym. Does that make you busier suddenly, or will much change? Yeah, for, I mean, there's just more. It's it's definitely more distracting because there's people coming in and out. Uh, it's I have a private gym. Like my, I only have, I only have 25 to 50 members at any time. So. Oh, okay. So you run it more like a studio. Yeah. And yes and no. It's an electronic entrance. A lot of my clients are like, or my members, not even clients, they're just members are like, I don't know, high profile people. I have a lot of lawyers and people that just don't want to be around people when they train. <laughs> Dutch, Dutch usually, like, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. There's usually, nobody gets... <laughs> Nobody gets bothered. It's only ever the most there's two or three people training at the same time. Ah, like it's okay. not a huge gym. It's only less than it's probably three thousand square feet. It's not huge. I just like okay. meat and potatoes, and that's and I do train. I do train at other gyms. Like I train at that Body Pro when it's open. I train at uh, Pure Muscle. They have the selection. You know, I don't. I don't have the machines. I, I have. I have free weights. I have a few machines. Yeah. I have I have everything. I have the meat and potatoes. I have what I need, but mm-hmm. I mean, I do have to get out to. I have to get out to other gyms for sure. How far is Pure from Hamilton? What's the drive? No, it's not far. It's twenty minutes. Oh, okay. Shit. I'm, you know, there's so many little, so many cities out where you are. I sometimes I think you're three hours away from them. Or neighbors. It's Hamilton then Burlington. It's very close. No problem. No problem. Yes. Yeah, it's. Well, it's it's not far at all. I miss well, that, Jim. We're, we're really uh, thankful for having you on. You gave us like quite a bit of time. We didn't mean to go over an hour there with you, but we appreciate it, Zane. You're, uh, you know, you've been lying low a little bit during this COVID stuff, so I'm really uh, glad to have you on and, and know that you're planning on hitting the stage with a vengeance. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to come back. Thanks for remembering me. <laughs> that condition doesn't get forgotten you, you'd be surprised how many dms i got just from people who are like holy shit you know i can't wait to see him back on a friend of mine actually messaged me and you know he was like what, what where's he been i was like where's everyone been yeah <laughs> i know people are asking that all year they're like uh are you not competing i'm like fuck nothing's open what are you talking about yeah <laughs> Well, where are you? <laughs> Dusty and I, Dusty and I both agreed on a recent show that we're excited to see you on stage because we want to see what we're wondering if the guys who lied low are the ones who are going to come back with oh. the biggest vengeance. You know, rested, healthy, totally cleaned out, nothing hurts, training like madmen. You yeah. know that sort of thing. And uh, so we're really hoping that you're one of the guys that sort of shows your time away with you know not being able to make the 212 would be really nice i'd love to see that <laughs> not being able to yeah yes. nice to see you at 230 <laughs> i'm not even gonna try there you go there you I go don't, i don't want to 
I have already told myself, and I've I've already announced it. Like I don't want to. I'm not sacrificing anymore. I want to be the best I can the yeah. next few years because I'm only going to be doing this a few more years. So I might as well look as good as I can. And I don't care. Like as long as I can look as good as I can, I might not be competitive in the open class, but I'm I'm definitely. I won't look back. Hey, I, I, look- I don't I don't think the Zaniacs give a shit where you place. <laughs> no. When they I can don't bring care. them around, then I'll start competing. There you go. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, Zane. Thank you very much for coming on. And uh, we wish you all the best. We'll talk soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Awesome. You bet. Zane Watson, IPB Pro. Cheers. Ciao. Oh, good, man. It was good to have him on. He's, 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 uh, there's something about Zane. He, uh, you can tell he thinks about each answer before he says anything. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I like is um, he wants to make sure that he says he's like, hmm, I want to be clear about this, you know, like yeah. I tend to get ahead of myself and then I have to go back and correct. Yeah, I apologize all the time. My bad. <laughs> That's actually what I thought. And I was supposed to clean it up before I told you what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I actually I loved it, though. And I, and I like um, I always like when people have a different style, because I think that that's something you know what's interesting about I'm, I'm finding more and more with social media is you post what you're doing and then people fight you on it. And I'm like, I didn't ask you to do this. Right. Like I didn't I'm not on here selling a program telling you do this. And even my own clients don't very few train the way I do. It's not right for them. So I'm I'm fascinated at how many people immediately assume that you're like pushing. It. I'm like, I don't give a fuck how you train. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's, you know, a hundred ways to get to the same finish line. I mean, listen to how he's training. And I just said in there, that is completely opposite of what I do. Yeah. Okay, you get yeah, peeled. Yeah. I get peeled. Okay, I guess they both work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm always a believer in that you have to like the way you're training mm-hmm. to agree. That doesn't mean enjoy because you can like something that's hard. Yeah. But and then also you have to like be motivated to apply yourself to it to see the progress like you have to make the plan work. Right. Like a lot of people are like, oh, this training isn't working for me. I'm like True, you have to it. make it work for you. <laughs> like this training, you don't just go in the gym. You don't just read the program I give you. And it says, you know, two working sets, first set, six to eight, second set, 10 to 12. And mm-hmm. you don't just do six to eight and then do 10 to 12 and then move on to the next exercise and go, Oh, this workout isn't working for me. It's like, no, your six to eight wasn't a, your form was shit. And then on the 10 to 12, your intensity was shit. So you blew your form on the first set and you blew your intensity on the second set. The two most important things, right? You blew one on each set. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing is it's just, it's the execution. Cause I think at the end of the day, intensity is what matters. I really yeah, do you know, think that intensity he's matters. training hard, fucking yeah. hard, as Chris would say. Exactly. How do I train? Fucking hard. Exactly. Right. So, but yeah, it is. Uh, plus, I think sometimes it's nice just to have a tweak. Like, it, as you know, it's something I enjoy about our travel is we would go somewhere and I'd be like, oh, let's use this machine. I don't have one. Yeah. Or I don't know how this machine is. Let's make it work. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're sore it. as fuck. Yeah. For three days because your body, some little tweak on, on a different shoulder press, which is still a shoulder press, whipped your ass. You know what I mean? Another thing, too, is I always enjoyed giving a machine a chance. Like, you might get in it in the first set. You might go, oh, I don't like that. But 
I wouldn't just move on because I want to give every machine a chance. And then, okay, I'll move the seat. Okay, I'll move the platform a bit. Okay, I'll move my feet. Oh, you know what? Actually, that is pretty good. You know, right. like I'm, I've had a little more patience because I want to try to find, you know, you, you don't want to miss a gem. Oh, God, like, yeah. I, every gym I've been in, there's a machine that if you were to use it normally, totally normally, it wouldn't quite work for you. But maybe you wedge a pad in the chest because my right. arms are long. And all of a sudden, I get a good stretch on it. Now I like this machine, right? right? So there's always the there's always the odd gem that you kind of have to, like, work with sometimes. And that goes with everything in training. That goes with every technique. Like, give the technique a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, Apply it to a few sets. Like, try it out. Maybe you'll love it on leg press. Right. Like rest pause sets. You know, some people, maybe they're just not applying rest pause to the right exercises. They're trying to do rest pause on inclined dumbbell press. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're wrestling the dumbbells up three fucking times in a row. And you're exhausted from picking them up. And yeah. then, you know, you're losing stability and the forced rep is sketchy and, you know, blah, 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 blah. So you just have to kind of like play with them. That's my opinion yeah. on, on pretty much everything. Yeah, so that's why I like these things, though, because you, you do, you find, or you find a time and a place for things. Like, every time, like, as I'm training right now, and my things just are going really well, in the back of my head, I'm always wondering, like, how long am I going to be able to train like this before I have to stop? Before I, <laughs> it's smart to go do something else. Right, right, right. You know, right. and for now, everything, I'm, you know, knock on wood, healthy and everything's rolling, but... I am always looking like, okay, well, when this when this is no longer good, what will I do to create the same intensity, the same result in a different way? Because I'm fucking ancient and I shouldn't be doing this anymore, you know? Oh, well, you seem to be recovering. <laughs> yeah, Dang. something's happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love seeing your bent row videos. It's the I know, I know they're, yes, I know they're a staple. <laughs> and, uh, I appreciate them very much. But yeah, if your body's staying healthy, man, you know, I mean... I started getting hurt all the time and I, I started getting, you know, mechanical issues with my one tricep that changed how, and then, you know, it just sort of like my, my training evolved as I got kind of collected injuries, definitely, and wear points and stuff. But I, now the way I train now, I actually wish I would have like, I know it's subtle difference on paper. It looks very similar to how I've always trained, but there's differences. But right. the way I train now, I actually wish I would have trained like that in my last like four or five years as as a bodybuilder, because it's just a little bit more l- sensible than. Well, that's why was, that's why I asked him about uh, how at his stage of his career he was able to make this decision because, you know, you are extremely um, well informed in all areas of bodybuilding, so it's not like you were training the only way you knew how. Right. You were training the only way you ever trained, but the knowledge that you're using now you had then, it's just, it is difficult to like, it's working. Like what you were doing is what, because I I hammer on that. I guess it's, it's that walking the line. Like I'm surprised on the same way of some people who forget, like I always say, don't forget who brought you to the dance. Like I love that guys will, you know, win shows, do great, have nothing to say about their coach, but anything they're like, oh, I joined this team. Well, number one, there's no fucking teams in bodybuilding. You're up there alone. Right. Uh, I'm sorry, you changed why? Like I, that is kind of the same thing where in, in this regard, 
I see why it's hard is my point when you're in your training because you're like, dude, this is what got me here. This is why I'm Ron Partlow that everybody fucking knows. It's difficult to go. I think I'm going to go, you know, 80 degrees different. <laughs> right. I know <laughs> you, know, you mean that same result. So it's it's interesting because it is uh, picking your battles on when to do that. Because like you said, I, I imagine your body would be even healthier now. You'd probably still have the same result. But but hard to step away from it when you're in it. I I had I had someone ask me a question. It was uh, name a few times because you know when you train for so many years, it's hard to like pinpoint things that actually cause improvement. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's also cumulative. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, sure. I don't know. I trained so hard that year and ate so much food that I'm not really sure why my back grew a bit. Right. Like yeah. it was everything I did. You know. Right. But their question was. Um, Name name a point where you changed one thing and or you changed something and it definitely without question improved something. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just a feeling, it was like like picture to picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and there's funny, there's there's two times that actually three times that I remember, and I don't know why I remember these specific times, because that you know would have happened a lot of times. But I remember when I first started working with Scott Abel, which was 2000, late 2003 to 2004, we started working together and uh, he changed my program and he raised my volume a lot. And of course, he didn't quite, I don't think we quite communicated how like intensely (laughs) I I was training. (laughs) Yeah. So, but one of the things about the volume was he had a lot of dumbbell flies in my routine. Mm-hmm. And I had always been very press oriented and I maybe just did one fly movement right. or I did like two working sets of flies and then I do a one set of crossovers and I'd be it for chest, you know, right. and he had like, you know, four or five sets of dumbbell flies in my routine. And right. I remember my chest immediately, like from the time I hired him to the, my next contest was only like eight months later. And mm-hmm. one of the things that everybody said at that show was, your chest is way thicker. What did you do? <laughs> and I remember I was like, but I look back and it wasn't just that he bumped volume up and I did more dumbbell flies. Right. It was, I also altered the way I was doing my flies. I had like a little bit more of an awareness of how the pecs really actually move, you know, and I just had like a different, I remember I, I tweaked my dumbbell fly because my previous, my previous form had been hurting my shoulders a bit. And so I changed how I did flies and then I did more of them and something blew up in my chest. And then there was another time in, in in the off season of 2006, 2007, I trained back twice a week. I had a pull down day and a row day. Right. And they weren't high. Yeah, they weren't high volume. Like the pull down day was like six working sets or five working sets. And the row day was right. like five to six working sets. Right. Right. And um, that that year I won my class at nationals and the judges, I actually had two judges tell me, they're like, well, you brought your back up a lot this year. And <laughs> so the reason why I so I had someone say, oh, so you think you should train everything twice a week? And I go, well, no, the reason I think my back grew is because I was training everything else once a week. Like you still only have so much recovery. Yeah, CNS is getting beat up every day. Yeah, you can't say, oh, I trained my back twice a week and it got better. So therefore I should train everything twice a week. 
because right. now you're you're doing different math now on your recovery, and you have to look at <laughs> so many other factors. Right. So yeah, there's a, a handful of things like that where you make a change and and you actually see a difference in the mm. in the next show, like a clear difference where you're like, mm. oh shit, that worked. Yeah, I did yeah. that with uh, with legs. Uh, actually, it, it has yet to be seen yet, but I did that um, where I trained legs three days a week. Um, but what people didn't realize is I, I didn't train anything else. Right. Like literally, I trained Monday, Wednesday, Friday, legs. And I just right. didn't touch my upper body for like two and a half months. And the funny thing was I always knew my upper body would come back quick as soon as I started touching weights again. So I lost – my weight was probably the same by the time it was done because I had lost size up top, but it all bounces right back. I mean, literally within a month of me training my upper body, especially my back, really? it'll shoot back up. But my legs came up, and now they're still here. They stayed there. Yeah, and now yeah. we're back to twice a week. Um, but it's not even twice a week because it's quads one day, hams the next. So it's really still once, you know. Right, right, right. Did you have any questions you wanted to go over, Dusty? We're running kind of uh, long today. We're an hour 49 yeah, no, we've been on. No, I, I'm pretty solid. We, we answered all because I didn't do any individuals this time because I knew with Zane a lot of people would want direct for him, which yeah, I no. was stoked because they, they did. Like they were, they were very much uh, – the only question I had, uh, which I guess we could hit real quick, was I got to know um, what are some inconveniences that you experienced once you were 320 – you know, or just as big as you've ever been that you would have never thought about when you got into bodybuilding? I uh, just talked about one the other day. Um, I went for my first MRI when I was like 325. <laughs> you didn't and I did not realize how tight those machines were. And they yeah. almost didn't put me in it. They put, tried to put, they put like a thing on your neck to like, hold your head down so it doesn't move but when she pushed on it to click it it literally like choked me and my face like turned purple right and so she had to like unclick it because I, I was like there's no fucking way you could leave that on Yeah, you're about to choke yeah yeah so they took a forehead band and they like put it over my neck and pulled it like snug and then they had this like makeshift wedge jammed in this forehead band thing and they're like you can't move your head because i was getting a neck a cervical MRI. Right. Anyways, so they kind of finally get me all clicked in and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then she starts putting me in and like as I slide in, like my shoulders just go like this. Yeah. Because it's like a tiny little tube. It's like they're jamming you in a culvert. <laughs> it's exactly and, what it is. And I got in and I had like a moment where I was like, uh, no, this is like 830 in the morning. Right. Right. I'm like, uh, no, fuck this. Fuck this. I hit the button. Click, click, click. They pull me right back out. I'm like, get me out of here for a second. They take the thing off my neck. I right. like stood up. I'm like, I'm going to need a minute. I was not prepared for the claustrophobia <laughs> that I just experienced. Let me gather myself. Right? Whatever you do. Got your, got your chi. <laughs> I got to go do some yoga poses or whatever the fuck. So I literally took like a lap around the ward. Right. I like walked around the ward. Went. I was like, fuck, okay. Let's get your head in this. And like <laughs> you had I'm to just psych gonna, up like I'm you were getting gonna, yeah it was it was reverse. I don't know what it was I was not prepared for that and I'm a little bit claustrophobic like I don't like that shit right when I could feel my own breath hitting me back in the face it's like mm -hmm. oh get me the fuck out of here and you know masks <clears throat> yeah masks there you go so uh <laughs> so I got a little zend 
you know, took five, five minutes tops, went back in there, laid down, clickety click, slid me in, fell asleep. <laughs> you know, they, they actually make machines that are bigger. <laughs> for yeah, future yeah, reference yeah. it yeah. looks like a panini press basically yeah, so yeah. in the future ask for the fat guy one that's what i always yeah do. yeah yeah so that that was that that was a that was a, a surprise that i didn't think being huge was going to bring but what's yeah. funny is you have to tell them that like if you're getting an upper body mri when you call you have to literally say like i'm 310 but i'm i'm also a bodybuilder meaning my shoulders are nine inches wider than like when you explain, they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You can't come to this hospital. You got to go to the one down here. They have that. Yeah. I always wanted to get, I was, I always wanted to get a stand up one because it's the most accurate. Right. But they're just hard to find. Not everyone has a stand up MRI. I've never done one. I didn't even know they existed. Yeah. Cause then you can actually see this, the compression on the spine. Right. You know, cause you're gravity. gravity. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously sometimes some people like, their posture tweaks out a little when they stand and it shows things that, you know, I would or the fidget knee, though. Like how do the, they make the, you not move when you're yeah, like, that's you're thing. fucking all over the place? Yeah. Apparently you can do the show without moving. <laughs> you can see it's more accurate inside the knee too. Cause things drive down and then, you know, all right. the gaps are different and, but yeah. Anyways, what about you? Uh, you know what? I feel like you, like for the, for the most part, you know, everything. The only thing I really, was blindsided by was uh which sounds silly was dress clothes oh yeah yeah just because yeah. you know you know that everyone goes in and they have a suit tailored you can't you uh, fabric is fabric it can only be tailored so far before it's just a completely different thing so if you want i mean don't get me wrong you can buy a suit it'll just look like shit if you want your stuff to look right it has to be a complete custom and when i uh, when I reached that point, I was not financially ready for a complete custom suit. Oh yeah, I was, I was, I was, I was like too broke to buy really nice dress clothes for a long yeah, time. Yeah, I looked I like, like a, so it's funny. That. Yeah, I looked slobby. Yeah. I felt like I looked worse in dress clothes because they weren't tailored properly. It, yeah, you look like a fat kid. Yeah, and it's like, but but I didn't have two, three thousand fucking dollars. I was yeah. like, what? I wear this twice a year. Kiss my ass. I'm spending two grand. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just <laughs> Even if I had it, it, fuck off. I'll look like a slob for 12 hours. It's all good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I do I'll it the rest of my sitting. life. Just sit at the table for the whole wedding and eat. <laughs> yeah. One, once I get there, I'll take this damn jacket off. that doesn't fit anyways. Right. <laughs> and then as it. soon as everybody's three or four rums in, I can untuck my shirt and then we're home free. Yeah, no one gives a shit. But literally I remember that. I was like, <laughs> cause I went to a place and the guy was like, looking at me and i'm like uh what this is 300 bucks i'm ready let's do this i, yeah, I saved yeah, up yeah. My, my pesos let's do it <laughs> but yeah so now that you know what's funny is now in hindsight you know how there's like we've talked about there's things you don't want to spend money on that's still my thing i'm like you know why i have this nice shirt because jp gave it to me <laughs> and what do you call that color again lilac lilac yeah i felt like pretty hardcore i put it on this morning i was like Look at me. Damn. Fancy. Fancy. Yes. You know? But his shit like is, it. you know what's funny? So um, we negotiated a deal. He sends me the stuff, and I felt like a child. I get it. And I, I just literally, I had to go to the gym, and I hadn't worn anything yet because it took forever to get here. So I just busted open the first one I had, threw it in the dryer real quick to take the wrinkles out of it, and I put it on, and I'm driving. And I text him. I'm like, 
this shit is really fucking nice. <laughs> I like when a shirt, you know, back back when I, I like to train, like when I was big, I liked to train in like the three quarter length. Well, like, you know, I want a sleeve that goes below my bicep. Below the elbow, yeah. It has to go below the elbow a little bit, you know. And uh, when you're driving and it sits right in that perfect little spot there and you're like, oh, this is just a good shirt. You know what he oh, sent yeah. me? He sent me a leg day 5XL. Oh, there you go. And you know you got to have like the giant leg day shirt. I was so like, like it opened up and I was so happy. I'm like, I don't know if this is intentional or not, I, but well played. I had a moment, Dusty. I yes. gave away. I gave away my favorite leg day shirt. Did you yeah, try it? Time. No, no, no. He's not, he's not heavy enough. There's a kid at the gym. He works for us. His name's Carson. Good kid. Uh-huh. I, I help him with his, you know, when he wants to compete, he calls me. Right. And uh, he hit 280 this year. He got up to like 280. Like a graduation present, huh? Yeah, he's young. He's young, right? He just, you know, he played played college football and stuff. And he's uh, he hit 280 this year. And and uh, he's filling out the, the big hoodies now. So uh, I had the red 5X Pulp Fiction t-shirt. With Uma Thurman smoking on the yeah, front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was like one of my favorite shirts. And it was, I was barely big enough to fill it out at like 290. Right. Right. It would have been glorious back in the day. It would have been perfect. And uh, I thought, I can't wear this anymore now because the shoulder seems like down to my tricep. So, <laughs> so I was like, I have to, I can't let this shirt go to like a, like a, you can't go to like a donation bin or something. Yeah. It has to go to a young bodybuilder who can, you know, wear it till it's faded. I understand the value. So, so I was like, "Here you go, buddy." Did Where you understand? Care? Like, oh, was, yeah. it a, was it a moment? Yeah, yeah. And then now, now he started dieting, and he's lost a bit of weight, and he's like, "I don't know if it's going to fit very much longer." And I'm like, "That's part of the reward of getting bigger. It'll fit again someday. <laughs> Next year, it'll fit again, and in two years, it'll fit when you're dieted." <laughs> yes, that's the goal, right? Use it as a marker. That's how you set. That's how you set the goals. I had many of them. Oh, like, I, I I found clothes where. You know what it was is when you're when you're younger, I remember putting on stuff and being like, ah, I don't look very big in this. So I wouldn't wear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you get really big, you're like, I'll wear black. It should tone it down a little bit. It won't look tone so it down crazy. a little bit. <laughs> I remember I, I had this tool t-shirt from a concert I went to. Right. And it was like one of my favorite shirts, but when I dyed it down, the sleeves weren't tight. So I was like, ah, fuck that shirt doesn't look right. The sleeves <laughs> it does it's one of those shirts where the sleeves have got to be tight. Like it's that right. length. It's like an old school t-shirt. That's a little higher. And then like, you know, the years went by and the arms grew a little. And then all of a sudden I was like, ah, this is a contest diet shirt. Now I can wear this to the gym on arm day. <laughs> yeah, but you couldn't wear it in the off season. Right. Small. Yes. It was too fat <laughs> belly. Yeah. 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 Fucking love it. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let everybody go. Let's put them out of our misery, Dusty. We've been on for a while. It was great. Episode 80. And they're still coming back. It's amazing. We should get Scott to add up all the views. Take all the views and listens on on the audio and the YouTube of all the episodes. Add them up, and then we can start bragging and going. We have, you know, but can we can we COVID it a little bit? You know, double them, double them. Yeah, anyone who <laughs> just, even saw the thumbnail, extra, counts, yeah, start yeah. adding all the Instagram C's, like just people who saw the clip, they didn't even like it, or they're just members of Instagram. Fuck just it, members, dude. just add it. <laughs> the COVID edition of seven million views. Of exactly. our episode. Yeah, yes. that episode. <laughs> okay. Okay, right, great. Boss. Okay, thanks, guys. Remember, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell. And remember, it's just bodybuilding.